Rumors versus Facts. This is the show where we talk Georgia football recruiting. My name is Rodney DeBulsey. I'm the publisher of UGASports.com. I'm joined by Jed May, Trent Smallwood, and Lance McCurley. But most importantly, we have Georgia's newest commit, Chris Cole, the uh, number two player in the state of Virginia, maybe number one in your hearts, but he is joining us right off the bat, and we appreciate Chris Cole joining us. And uh, I'm going to uh, take a little bit of seniority here, a little seniority privilege, and ask the first question of Chris Cole. Chris, you know, we were all there watching Sunday when you uh, picked the Georgia Bulldogs. I want to know, and this is always my favorite part, when did you know? When did you know it was going to be Georgia? When did you call the coaches? When did you let them know? And what was their reaction like? Take us behind the scenes, if you will. Yep, so um... – uh, so before I committed, um, so on that Saturday, um, I went to Tennessee, and I was at, like able to see their game and like their campus and all that. And then um, I said, like I really knew on that morning, um, like when I was about to commit, um, I had the full picture, just like every school and like all my top six. And Georgia's like just felt the best, really. Um, so so then I told the coaches it was probably going to be between um, them, uh, them and a uh, USC. Um, so so then they said, okay, well then then like we just watched the live. And then I committed, and then I think like 30 minutes after, um, was like, I'm like, I FaceTime on the coach shoe, and, and I was close smart, and they were so happy, uh, jumping around, and just super excited that I'm a bulldog. So they didn't know ahead of time. No, they didn't. It was a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> so you said it would be between them and USC. Uh, what what was Georgia's like last sales pitch to you when you told them that? Um. Uh, just really on um, first, just uh, on like development part, really, and also like that was important to me too. So and and just like and just going to Georgia as a linebacker, uh, you'd definitely be like developed on and off the field. All right, guys, I'm done. Y'all can y'all can pepper them with questions now. Yeah, Chris. Um, you know, I want to go back. You came down to Georgia in March for for a, a practice. Got offered on that visit, and and one of my the the quotes that sticks out to me most from this entire recruiting cycle is you told me then. Coach Kirby told me that my ability is limitless as a linebacker. Right. Just one, take me back to when you heard that, what went through your mind, and then kind of secondly, what is their vision for how you could fit and be used in this defense? Right. Um, when he said that, um, like back when I, um, I went there, I mean, uh, I was already excited just to be there, and that was, that was like, my first time on campus. And really, like, first time really knowing about – on my UGA. Um, so when he told me that, I, I just felt I, like I, I, I really felt good about Georgia after that. And my first visit, I always like felt like good there. Um, when I went there back in March, I just I, I just felt it in my heart that I'd definitely be able to go there. And I say like my position there is that playing the wheel, I, I can do like, a lot of stuff. I can play in space, I can play in the box, and also I can blitz too. So um, so just like so like my like position wise, they see me as as like a wheel. I know you know they when you're on your official visit, they go through the slideshow of all the guys they've sent to the NFL. Do they compare you to one guy in particular that they've had that's been through Athens? I'm, I'm, they compare you to I'm, I'm like Kobe and Nadine. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> that works. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great sales pitch. I mean, uh, well, what did, what did you think of when they said that? Um, I'm like, like I already, I already like kind of like thought that, and I saw his film. Uh, like he's like fast, and he he like flies around and hit people, and like that's what I do too. So I can see the comparison. So uh, you, you know you, 
what we've heard is you hit a little bit of a growth spurt from from the time that you've been in high school to now. Um, okay. I think I think at one point you might have been six one, one ninety five, somewhere around that area. And uh, yes. So the, when did that growth when that growth spurt hit? What are you at? What what are you at height and weight now? Yep. Um. So so last year I was weighing on like about six three, and I was one eighty five, and then now I'm on six four, uh, two twenty. Two twenty. Uh, have they have they talked to you any about playing maybe the star position as well, uh, or has it just been strictly inside linebacker? Um, I kind of like both because like now in high school, uh, like I do play the outside linebacker, but then also also play the wheel too. Very kind of versatile. So uh, it's just any, like wherever like feel best. Yeah. Uh, any other sports you play? Um, I run track and um and I play basketball. You get you run the hundred. Um, well, like I run the hurdles. Um, oh, the hurdles. I play on the number four in a nation for the sixty meter hurdles at the Nike Nationals. Wow, wow, impressive. Uh, so, so now that you you run track, will you enroll early or will you run track your senior year? Um, I, I will enroll early. Um, in like December. Good deal. Good deal. Chris, uh, you know, I follow a little bit of your recruitment, and obviously, uh, you know, Chris Jones committed to UGA. Just uh, did he play any factor, um, you know, being, what was, I guess, like two, three hours down the road from you? Um, and just how did UGA land the top two players in Virginia and, and this cycle? Yeah. And how, and how unique is that? Yeah, I mean, that's pretty crazy, uh, really. I mean, for the, uh, like, that might be the first time that two linebackers from Virginia like, went to uh, UGA. So like, that's pretty nice, and also um, we were on a visit with each other um, on the um, on the on, like official visits, and we see each other at camps, and um, just compete every time. And he's a pretty good person too, so I would love to be his teammate. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Was there any like pre-existing relationship before that visit? Before how, did y'all know each other? Kind of like you know, you were younger a few years ago. When did y'all meet? Yeah, uh, we actually met uh, during the camp circuit. Really, uh, we met at the rivals camp, and also I seen him at the. Um, at the uh, Under Armour camp. Okay, cool, cool. Now, Georgia's had some uh, big recruiting wins, and you're definitely one of them. They've also had a couple uh, close ones where they came in you know, second. They, they were basically USC in your scenario where they were you know, second or third, some of these other guys. Uh, one of the biggest concerns around here has been you know, NIL and how stuff that's going, to, how, how that's done. What was Georgia's kind of NIL pitch to you, and how much did that weigh into your decision? Yeah, um, well, and I know um, it, it was important to me, but like not the like really like deciding factor. Like the real deciding factor is like where I wanted to go, where I, it was like great people all around the program, the players, and just like the community. And also like the main thing is um, like where I can be like developed really, and that was important to me. What has the uh, reaction been like in your school when you now that everybody knows? I mean, you had a couple days of uh, classes. Yeah. Well, I guess three days of classes. Yeah. Uh, what what's the reaction been like of your peers? Um, I mean, just like all around, just like the community and just like my teachers, my friends, um, like just been crazy, really. Um, like they're so excited for me, and also like my community party had like a lot of like my teammates, my coaches, and just people around the community that like that really support me. Um, so some like my community, like they were happy. Uh, where just like anywhere I go, and they cheer me on. I got I got one last question. All right. Um, you you kind of I, I know you said that, that the Georgia staff kind of compared you to Nicobe Dean on the field. Is there any particular NFL player that you 
compare yourself to? Because, I mean, looking at your film, you kind of have like the Derwin James type frame. Yeah. Uh, uh, any, any, uh, anybody in particular that you get compared to? Uh, let me see. I'm like, I haven't really. Um, I haven't really like been compared to like an NFL player. Um, but like, we have talked about it, but I, I might have, but like, I, but I, I kind of forgot about it. But I'm like, mostly college, really. Gotcha. Now, usually when those you come on the visits, they put up your film and they show you, uh, you know, here's what you do, here's what you do that we like, here's what you do that you could improve. They do a kind of a film session with you? Yes, they did. What'd you think? Um, I'm like, they just really, so like they, so like they have my film, so, so like they have my film for my rivals, my Under Armour, and, and then also my game now. Um, and like I said, like right now is like a big difference compared to last year. Uh, just like how big my hits are and like how much explosive I am since I gained weight too. Because mostly some people gain weight and like get slower, but I've gotten faster and just more explosive. Uh, we got to make sure we got your uh, bio updated, Jed. Make <laughs> sure we got him at 220. 220. Got to be sure we have the right weight, height, weight on him. I, uh, Chris, I'm going to get the last question. I got the first one in too. Um, we'll let you go. Again, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, you mentioned the Rivals camps a couple of times. You were there. You've uh, We've seen you in person. Uh, we'll be seeing you again. We'll be at your school to check you out. Uh, we got your rate as one of the top, I think, 115 players in the nation. You're rated a little bit higher somewhere else. Are, do, do we need to move you up? Or are we wrong? What's going on there? Definitely. Definitely. I, like, I need to be number one. <laughs> <laughs> number one. So there we go. That, that's a man with ambition. We love it. Hey, Chris, thank you very much for joining us. And uh, we'll be in touch with you very soon to uh, see how your uh, senior year is going. And we'll look forward to seeing you here uh, in December when you enroll at the University of Georgia. We appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you all. Thanks, Chris. Yes. Man, most to be number one. Jed, we know you're in charge of the ranking, so you need to move him up. I don't know. Right. Well, I might have something to say about that. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, like, it's a Georgia – that would be a Georgia, like, two commits fighting for it. So that might have to be – you know, they're both going to be in town this weekend, so that might have to be, uh, you know well, – so They can all get settled on the uh, – in, in the Madden, you know, thing. And, and, uh, and really, Nykar should move up to number three, so they should yeah. have the top three. And they'll all be on right. campus this weekend, so. Right. Yeah, everyone's going to be on campus. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to have a meeting with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> on Saturday and we'll just gather everybody up in the recruiting lounge and we'll sort it all out there. So, yeah. uh, but no, I mean, it's like you said, dude, like last year he's playing at, I think 185 or 190 he said, and this year he's playing at 6'4", 220. Like that is, that's huge. Like that is, that's prototypical linebacker size. And like you said, Trent, he's got the coverage skills and length to maybe play a star, you know, maybe yeah. get a look at a safety. Like he's, the versatility there combined with obviously the physical skills and the, the track speed and the hurdles and all that stuff is, is, is rare. I mean, it's yeah. clear why Georgia wants him really bad. I'm not necessarily comparing him to this, but you know, remembering a guy like uh, Harvey Clemens coming in at a similar, uh, you know, hot weight. I think Harvey Clemens might've been six, five, but um, very similar in, in, in hot than weight when, when he came in. So and, definitely, and what's and impressive it was impressive. He says he finished fourth in the nation in mm -hmm. hurdles. Yeah. That, you say 60 meter hurdles? 60, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's indoor. Yes, it, it is indoor. So it's on those indoor tracks with the uh, banked edges. And if you watch those, uh, I mean, that's, those are high hurdles. It's not like the 330 intermediate, you know, back in my day. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, that, that show you got to be able to roll your hips to get over them. You're not jumping. You're not leaping over them. You're lifting your hips. You know, you got your trail leg. You have to be fluid to do that. Like, just like uh, you always like to see those offensive line, defensive linemen who can dunk a basketball, who can get up with that explosion. To me, show me anybody that can run hurdles. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, that's somebody who's there. You got to be an athlete. And not to say that, you know, 100 meters isn't an athlete, but that, that's just fast. To me, to run hurdles, you got to be fast and coachable, you know, and be very fluid in your, and very flexible. So, yeah, I need to move him up in my, like, personal rankings of uh, athletes coming in. Where does Kirby find these guys? Just- well, and that's – and, you know, the funny thing about it, Roddy, is I mentioned him coming out for a spring practice. I remember that practice because that was one of the two or three in the spring we got me- media viewing for. And I remember right. it was – you did, you know, you were taking pictures of recruits that were there, and I saw this kid with the name tag, Chris Cole, and I'd never heard of him. And, and no one really had, because at that time, I think he was unranked, three-star. No one really knew who he was, and then he gets that, gets that offer that day, and then it, it, it went off from there. So, you know, it's amazing how Georgia, in the span of, I guess, five, four or five months, went from a kid who wasn't on – Cole wasn't on their radar. He wasn't on their radar to offering visits, official visit commitment. You know, the, it really went zero to 100 uh, really, really quick. With uh, Well, yeah, if you look and you see, well, he's 185 pounds, you know, going mm-hmm. into the senior year. And then you get him to come to Georgia, he walks out on the uh, spring practice field, and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Hey, you know, this guy, you know, we can definitely take him. So I think that was uh, – and, and he- you made a good point, Jed, about, uh, you know, Georgia zeroed in on, on a lot of players this spring, and we talked about relationships over a three- or four-year time like they have with K.J. Bolden, who also will be on campus this Saturday. But um, the, the guys they zeroed in on the spring and built that relationship in that four- or five-month span, you've seen a lot of them. Justin Williams, Joseph uh, uh, John A., um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I guess uh, Chris Cole, and I mean, there's just been a, a, a slew of guys, even on the offensive line, that they zeroed in. You know, come right after, right around January to in March Riddell, or April. Dave Riddell kind of popped out of nowhere a little bit. Um, so they they they've really done a great job in building relationships and building relationships fast um, over the last four or five months, and and you know, zero in on some targets that are out of state. Yeah, to your point, look at the uh, the photo galleries that uh, Lance has put up the last two weeks, you know, all the, so your 2024 class, and we're, we're going to move on to that uh, uh, next. Your 2024 class is pretty much done. Mm-hmm. A couple spots left. We'll talk about Aiden Breland in just a second. Uh, there's not a whole lot left. So what do you do when you're playing ball state? You know, when you're playing uh, UT Martin, this is not going to be when everybody could go to Tuscaloosa and watch that game. You know, you're watching Texas Tuscaloosa. You're not going to go to Georgia Ball State. So what do you do? You're bringing those 2025 kids, 2026 kids, 2027 kids, the 2020, you know. And, again, a lot of them are coming up. Uh, you're like, man, that, that, is that somebody's little brother? No, that's somebody that Georgia's identified early that they're watching. And they spent, like you said, all spring bringing in the talent. So uh, they're, working, them, they're, they're working ahead in the count. All them lower class from Buford players. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I speaking of so uh, we're going to close the book on Chris Cole there real quick. Uh, again, thanks to him for joining us. Uh, I'm glad. Uh, I'm very impressed with him. Very excited about what he can do. Uh, I think Georgia got a big one in Chris Cole. Uh, should be fun to watch. 
as he gets here in the spring and in the, in the winter. Uh, Jed and Lance, Trent, how many spots are left? I mean, how many can you reasonably expect to add to this class? How, who are they? I would, you look at, you know, there's, there's Aiden Breland, who you mentioned, there's uh, LJ McRae, who, who Georgia really wants, and then one defensive back at least. Maybe oh, we're, we're forgetting a, a certain nose tackle that just decommitted, too. Oh, yeah, Makai Boyle as well. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. He committed from Florida on Monday. And maybe. he'll be there on Saturday, Monday. right? Yeah, and and for those who don't remember, Georgia made a serious run at him late in his recruitment, got him on campus for an official, chose Florida anyway, and, and obviously has since backed off. So that's a big one. Um, so you look at maybe adding a couple more of those guys on the on the defensive front there. Defensive back is, you know, one, maybe two. K.J. Bolden's obviously going to be on campus. That isn't over. Um, we just talked about building relationships fast. There are always the guys who come on the radar late, a la Kyron Jones last year. Um, and, then, yeah, outside of that, I mean, maybe another high school receiver. Oh, that seems like it could be a portal thing. Um I mean that's that's really it. I mean it's it's like you said, Roddy. It's there's I think 27 commits in the class right now, which is you know seems crazy for this point in the cycle with three months left. But but it's like you said, it's just about over. And Aiden Breland, you know Trent, you mentioned the other day, Breland is looking at late September, early October. It sounds like McRae could also be in October. So when we have this conversation in a month, there could be even. It could be even more done than it already is. You know, there's there's not a lot of work left to be done in that 2024 class, other than, you know, flipping KJ Bolden. Well, yeah. that and keeping your <laughs> own guys from being right. I, I honestly think the oh, offensive yeah. class might be done um, in this yeah, class, I and I, I think you're focusing on, um, it, uh, you know, the defensive line spots. Um, and I think you're focused on the safety, trying to bring in a safety. So I think you're you, you have three, maybe four spots left, depending on how many of those defensive linemen you can you can get a hold of. And um, and I think uh, Georgia might look to the portal again at wide receiver, depending on what happens with numbers. We'll go with offense. You've got what two quarterbacks, three running backs, five or six, six offensive six linemen through two, two tight ends, two tight ends, two tight ends, and three receivers. Yeah, and it's. And, uh, for, and again, for a while there, it seemed like they're going to bring in three tight ends. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, it's you can't rule out the fourth receiver, but I think, like you said, Trent, I would bet on Portal being more likely because they're not going to take a guy that they're not high on just to say, "Oh, we took a fourth receiver." If there's not a guy that they really want, they'll say for the Portal, like they did last year, Dominic Lovett and uh, and Robert Thomas. So, look, when those two guys, let me interrupt you real quick, Jeff. When those two guys take off this year and you see that Dominic Lovett puts up crazy numbers and Ra Ra has a big season, I think you'll be able to point and get to whoever you want. Mm-hmm. And, and speaking of that, I have, I have a, a PFF matchup coming tomorrow, Roddy, where I've, I've more, uh, looked at uh, certain positions and, and Dominic Lovett should have a field day this weekend going against the nickel corner for South Carolina who struggled, who's given up six recep- six receptions on all six targets. He's been targeted six times and gave up six receptions. Uh, six receptions. So I think Dominic Lovett should have a huge day. Uh, the guy, if you get Lad McConkey back too, and they could just <laughs> back and forth and just run that kid's legs off. Poor, poor guy. That's, that's mean. <laughs> I like this question or this one. Luther Burton, come on down. 
yeah, I'm not yeah. putting my money on that one, but um, <laughs> staying home. But I, but I, but I would look within the SEC. Uh, I think there could be some movement in the SEC. Uh, Texas A&M, they're struggling again. I know they got some se- several playmakers out there that might be looking, and uh, and then you, you know you got the Floridas and the uh, other guys that are, that are struggling. So Does South Carolina have some good receivers. You're working yeah. on that list. Leggett, Leggett can play. Leggett's the best one. And Wells can play too. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll get him. Uh, we mentioned they got D'Angelo Gibbs. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, he's he, he's played defense, so he's he's like third string. Ninth year of college football. Yeah, man, what what a, what a baller in high school. Uh, we mentioned Aiden Breland, uh, defensive tackle. I think number one hundred two in the nation. Uh, he just dropped a top three today. I know that Trent has him uh, pr- projected, even put in a future cast for Aiden Breland to be a, uh, a Georgia Bulldog. So he kind of put his money where his mouth is, uh, entering an official future cast for Aiden Breland. But uh, who are the other? I know it was Georgia, uh, Oregon, yeah, and Miami. Miami, yeah. Hi, Lance. Where's he going? I think he's coming to UGA. You homer. Oh, my God. I mean, I've just been talking with some people. I think that. UGA, well, him, he would choose UGA over McCray right now. I think McCray's probably leaning more towards Florida or more of an in, more of one of those other NSA schools. Hi, Jed. Where's it going? Yeah, I feel good about Georgia as well. You know, talking to some people this weekend, they expressed some optimism about Georgia, which again, there's been optimism about Georgia for a while. Um, you know, you mentioned Trent's future cast. That was a few weeks ago, I think. It, it was in July. Yeah, so what? Um, there's been optimism for a while, but it just it, it's been building. It's been building. We keep hearing he's going to be back on campus this weekend for an unofficial. Which again, anytime you get a kid to cross the country on his own dime, because he took he took his official already. He took his official in uh, in June. So getting back across the country on his own dime before this commitment window that we think we're looking at shortly before. Um, everything is kind of pointing to Georgia. I do think Oregon is the bigger threat than Miami. Um, but, you know, I, I I think he ends up at Georgia. He's got his teammate, Nate Frazier, committed. Already here. Dylan Riola that he's, that he's close with being a West Coast guy. There's just a lot of a lot of things going right uh, for Georgia. In this. And then in, in development, too. I mean, I mentioned this in a thing I wrote for, for the national team today. Aiden Breland turns on – any NFL game on Sunday, you see Trayvon Walker or, you know, tomorrow night you'll see Jordan Davis and uh, Jalen Carter. Uh, Devontae Wyatt had a sack against Barry. Like, no matter, where you, yeah. no matter where you look, there's Georgia defensive linemen, uh, you know, in the, in the NFL playing well. So it's an easy sell from a development standpoint. And, you know, I just think all of it is adding up to where – Georgia feels good about it, and Georgia fans should uh, feel really good about Aiden Breland right now, too. I, I think along with the fact that his, this is his one off weekend in his senior season, um, and, and he's coming to Georgia, and, and he's going to visit all weekend. It's going to be more like a – it's an unofficial visit because he's already taken an official visit, but it'll, are, it'll be like an official visit for the number of days he's on campus. Um, so uh, him choosing to come on the weekend that – they have an off weekend. I'm not sure if he can line up. Uh, he definitely couldn't line up a visit to Miami, I don't believe, but he could line up a visit to Oregon before he announces. But I think having him on campus all weekend, along with 
all the players that are here uh, is a is a big big thing before he announces. I want to. I don't know who the Oregon and uh, Miami defensive line coaches are, but I'm gonna put my money on Trey Scott, the 2023 rivals recruiter of the year. So shout out to Trey Scott. And I think that you guys both nail it. It's his open weekend. He's going to visit Georgia. Uh, Got to pay for it himself. Flying in from Mater D. That's you know, that's not something Georgia can pay for. So he's got to come on his own. And you're going to – getting kids on campus, we always say follow the visits, and we kind of equate visits. You know, it's like, oh, we went to Tennessee. Like Chris Coles, what do you, what do, you do before he came to Georgia? He went to Tennessee. He went out to USC. Uh if you've ever seen how these kids talk about the Georgia visit, you talk to their parents, you talk to their friends, you talk to their coaches who accompany them on a visit. They're like, the Georgia visit was different. Even when it's not an official visit, just the unofficial visits, they're like, uh, what we saw in practice, the way they treat us, the way they met us, the way they guided us, the choreography that goes into by the recruiting staff that they put into it. If you can get them to set foot on campus and you roll out that red carpet the way Georgia does, it makes an impression. You get a kid visit more than once, more than twice, you know, three, four times. It's, it builds up. Now, of course, the KJ Bolds of the world, you know, visit 16, 17 times and go somewhere else. You know, I get that. that Those are going to happen. You can have an NIL deal pop up. But I like Georgia's chances against Oregon. I like Georgia's chances against Miami. It def- definitely for out-of-state kids. Uh, yeah. I think that's a, a big thing because uh, look at Nate Frazier. He had uh, he took a Georgia unofficial visit, then he uh, followed by three or four official visits, and he never even took a Georgia official visit to this coming weekend, and he and he announced his commitment to Georgia back in August. So um, without without even taking an official visit to Georgia, um, he, he announced his commitment to Georgia, and, uh, and you know now he's taking an official visit this weekend. That's rude. <laughs> Going to Tennessee would push me to UGA too. Come on, dog father. <laughs> hey, y'all follow him on TikTok. He's a, he's an absolute riot. He's been trolling the uh, yeah, Tennessee fans relentlessly. And, of course, they come after him, which only makes him troll them more. So y'all follow him when you get a chance. And uh, our other buddy, uh, uh, a damn beast media, he's also got some good stuff up over there too. Um our Francisco Herrera says, uh, banging a drum. YouTube has more response than Facebook. The video is better here and the format is better. Yeah. If you're watching this on Facebook, I'm sorry. For some reason, we don't get as many of those comments pop up in the little feed here. And I did want to, I know this is, uh, we're talking football, I mean, uh, recruiting stuff, but I want to mention uh, Cisco's here. Uh, if Georgia's lacking a running game, which I don't know they're lacking one, I just don't think it's, everybody's banged up. When does Bobo implement a more window dressing and go to the tight, tight end position to dominate? I want to tie that into recruiting because Georgia's uh, you got to bring in some tight ends. Cause to me, mm-hmm. I think you, you've had, you lost Lawson lucky. He's out, you know, Oscar Delp and Brock Bowers are getting a lot of reps, but you're running very little 12 personnel. Uh, do you kind of, do you, do, do you incorporate the tight ends a little bit more? Maybe uh, run that 12 personnel just because you can't run it as much as you'd like with the, uh, uh, your running game is not as good. Yeah, well, I think Kirby, you know, Kirby mentioned this in a press conference. It's like receivers and tight ends are competing against each other for for those reps, right? It's it's okay, we'll run 12 personnel if we think that gives us the best 11 on the field. If it doesn't, then we'll have three or four receivers out there more. Like it's all kind of 
that's it's and, and I, I never thought about it that way but it is an interesting way to think about it like if you're oscar delp you're saying okay i've got to provide more than you know an, an arian smith or whatever in this particular package so um i mean i don't know i mean that's the reason why they wanted to bring in there was a a moment in time there where it looked like they might have three tight ends in this class because you know bowers is going to be a top 10 whatever nfl draft pick next year um so you you need to replenish that room and you know with Jaden Riddell and Colton Heinrich Riddell is the more hybrid type and Heinrich is your more traditional in the line blocking kind of guy so um yeah I mean I think that's kind of the goal is is to get the best guys in there at that position and then figure it out the 12 personnel out whether it's two tight ends or more three receivers once they uh, once they get on campus I like I like those two tight ends. I think they'll be really good for Georgia. I uh, big weekend that's coming up. Uh, let's talk about some of the visitors. You guys put out a, uh, a visitors list early on. We kind of mentioned some of them, but give me the highlights there, Jed, if you would, of uh, some of the visitors coming in. Yeah, we've got. Let's go uh, look for the five stars. Let me talk about anybody else. Oh, Elijah Griffin, number one player in the 2025 class, uh, making his game day visit. Zion Grady, who is a big-time edge target for 2025, visiting for the second time this year already. He visited for the UT Martin game. Uh, a bunch of commits are going to be in town. Dylan Raiola, Nikar, uh, Nate Frazier, who you just mentioned, is taking his official. Joseph Jonah Johnny, Justin Williams. K.J. Bolden is the big one. We, we got that confirmed, I think, yesterday or day before. I would expect Dylan Raiola to be attached to him at the hip all day. <laughs> Watching, uh, you know, watching, watching George defense take on Spencer Rattler, um, Zayden Walker, a 2025 guy, will be in town, big time in-state guy. Uh, Tyler Atkinson, the 2026. Um, Aiden Breland is another huge one, which again, I know we've talked about him a bunch already, but getting him on campus for his one-off week shortly before he commits, we think anyway, is kind of going down the, you know. Things, things look good for George there. Uh, you know, Justice Terry commit, um, you know, just a lot of a lot of talent, a lot of either current commits, a couple 2024 targets left, and then a lot of big 2025 targets. You know, Ethan Barber, tight end, just talking about tight ends, is committing next Friday. He'll be in town for the second week in a row um, alongside 2025 tight end commit Elias Williams. So just talent all over the place you know, across classes, across multiple positions. This is, you know, on when you have a home schedule that looks like Georgia's, it, it's always interesting to see which which uh, game weekend turns out to be the huge one. And this is definitely shaping up to be a huge one. South Carolina, 330 game, CBS. It's supposed to be a great weather weekend. It, it's all shaping up to be a huge, huge, huge uh, collection of talents. It's pretty neat when you get the number one national national rated prospect in the twenty four class and the twenty five class on campus together. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, it's 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 and again, you know, this is why Dylan Riola is in Georgia, so close to campus, is for weekends like this. It's an easy thing for him to be. I mean, I don't know exactly when he'll be in Athens, but he could be in Athens at eight a.m. Saturday morning if he wanted to, and be with these guys. All day long, talk to Elijah Griffin, talk to KJ Bolden, Aiden Breland all day long because he's got his game is is you know he'll be Buford's forty five minutes from Athens, so uh, it's huge having that guy in town. Nikar, I mean, there's a ton of commits who are going to be here. 
Uh, Chris Cole is coming down from Virginia. Christopher Jones is coming for your, from Virginia. The Texas guys are coming. So uh, it's, it's going to be huge. Again, it's going to be a, by far the biggest collection of talent so far uh, this year. And then it, it, at the end of the year, you know, you don't know how the other home games are going to look, but this very well could be the biggest visitor weekend of the year when it's all said and done, when we look back. I have noticed, like, when when I'm down there taking pictures, Rayol is always on the first row. Last week, mm-hmm. he was with Colton Heinrich, and he was with uh, was Quintavious Johnson from May, from Mays. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and um, they were, I noticed that they were kind of like like him and Colton Heinrich, like, kind of sat down, and then they went down on the field, and then they came back. And then the first thing Rayola did was go talk to someone in the third row. I, I didn't recognize the recruit, but it sounds like he's kind of making his rounds on like the sidelines and the field. And so are some of the other commits that are, um, you know, it sounds like they're just kind of top, kind of talking them up and just trying to get to know them. Some of them that they don't know. And, you know, just kind of, a, you know, doing recruiting of their own as well. I go back to the COVID year when it was tough to get guys to visit. You know, you had all those limitations and such. I remember Kirby's like, we, some of these guys we couldn't even see. How convenient it was to have Brock Vandegrift. <laughs> they mm-hmm. couldn't come visit UGA, but they could come visit Brock, you know, and drive him through campus. You know, it's like, hey, no violations there. I'm, I'm just visiting my buddy Brock. You know, he just happens to be four minutes from the university. And he drove me down Lumpkin Street and we, we went down Millage and saw everybody out there jogging and, man, this is a pretty university. Because we actually spoke to people like, yeah, I couldn't see the coaches, but I went, I drove through town or we went downtown to eat, which I'd want to do too. I mean, when my son was uh, looking at colleges, you know, we took some visits. Like, Can you see yourself living here? And he's like, yeah, I like this. Well, I like this part over here. This is a great place. So uh, to your point, to have uh, another quarterback, another five-star guy who's you know, not that far away can host them all. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a good recruiting weekend. And I think that uh, if you if, if they're all that same, Lance, you're saying if one guy's talking you up, good. But if three or four of them surround you and like, come on, mm-hmm. man, come on, yeah, join our group been. chat, you know, get on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the question earlier was, did the uh, surprise visitor for this weekend's game ever get confirmed? I'm assuming that w- we did confirm that. One of them. No, it was just KJ, and then. Um, I thought it was KJ, but I want to be sure that was it. There's been some talk of some other guys, uh, you know, coming, but we'll no, no word on that yet. So we'll, we will um, we will post it as soon as we confirm it. But right now, that there's nothing else confirmed other than what we posted on UGASports.com. And I think uh, uh, John Martin here asked a good question: Is KJ Bolden just a distraction at this point? You know, you hate to see him steal time from coaches and recruits. Uh, yeah, he's 45 minutes away. It's easy for him to come up here. He obviously likes the staff. They like him. You come up, you get wine to dine. You get to watch Georgia play a good game. Uh, and we've covered guys that have gone to other, you know, hey, I'm going to the Alabama uh, LSU game. I've got no intention of recruiting, uh, committing over there. I'm a George commit, but I'm going to go watch the game. Free food, great seats. Why not? Uh, we've seen that happen all the time. It's just, just a uh, – uh, KJ coming to hang out with his buddies, or is there something there? I mean, it, it's only a distraction if it doesn't work, right? Like, <laughs> guys, when guys end up living, it's like, oh man, Georgia never stopped recruiting me, and you know the coaches never lost contact, and so you know you got to try. Like, you're you're not going to stop trying to recruit a guy, especially a guy as talented as KJ Bolden, and especially 
when that guy is at a position that you really need right now, which is safety. So, um, you know, I don't think it's a distraction. I don't, and you know, that's where the benefits of, I mean, we talked about the 2024 class being, being so, so much completed already. You can devote more attention, a lot of attention to KJ Bolden. So I don't know. I don't think it's a, a, a distraction. I just think it's the staff and Raiola by extension, just not giving up on a guy that they really, uh, would like to add to the class, and they think they still have a shot at. And I can pretty much say that you know KJ wasn't 100 percent on the the morning of his announcement. So um, you know, getting him on campus as many times as possible to to, to try to persuade him and, and his family is is everything you can do at this point. I mean, distraction. I I don't think he's going to come in. I don't think he's going to come to the University of Georgia. He has too much respect for the, for Kirby Smart. And, he, and he's voiced that to come in and just totally just be a distraction and recruit for Florida State. And um, I think he's going to come and enjoy the trip, whether or not he flips or not. That's yet to be determined, and I wouldn't put my money on it. But at the same time, getting him on campus is exactly what Kirby's going to do because this is what you, – you're also playing the transfer portal. And um, it, you're not only playing a flip, you're playing the transfer portal, and then that's the reason why he never burns any relationships. And because, uh, you know, you see what happened with a – um, you know, certain guys, the five-star defensive end that commits to Missouri, then uh, what happens if Missouri's whole staff blows up after year one or he's there? Well, he didn't burn any bridges, and they finished number two for him. So Georgia is sitting in an excellent position. Well, to your point, Larry Hogue Jr. Uh, on Facebook, and again, we shout out to our Facebook uh, friends, says, any behind-the-scenes real interest from recruits at Florida or Clemson or Alabama that might flip? And, I mean, you've already had the interest from the one Florida guy. Yeah, I was gonna say we we've already started going down that road. Um, you know, I mean, it, it, again, it's just there's not a whole lot of like Georgia's not going to not a lot of room left. There's not yeah. a lot of room. Yeah, I mean, and where Florida's where Florida's talented at is linebacker, and Georgia's you know pretty, pretty much built that linebacker room. Right. Um, do they have? Do any of them have safeties? Yeah, I mean, Florida's got uh, <laughs> Philomay, whatever his name is, but. I mean, Alabama has Peyton Woodyard, so, you know, I don't think George is flipping him back. There's, there, there's nobody in Alabama that's abandoning that ship, folks. I mean, that, that dynasty is not ending anytime soon. I know people are ready to chisel that headstone and, you know, uh, bury that team. It, it ain't happening anytime soon. All right, uh, let's, let's switch over to our uh, questions from the vault at ugasports.com. Uh, let's get right to them. Uh, we'll go through these pretty quickly. Uh, well, what's up, dog? Says, so all bets are off on flipping Jeremiah Smith from Ohio State to our dogs. Secondly, do we have, see any of our 2024 class commitments gaining a fifth star? NICAR. There's one vote for NICAR. Yeah, those are, those are again, those are solely my decisions. So <laughs> I think that's cool. Could I think there's a decent chance he will? Ellis Robinson just added his fifth star. Um, trying to think off the top of my head of guys on that on that fringe. I mean, I think. Let me think. I mean, a guy like I don't think he'll go all the way up to five star, but a guy like Nitro Tuggle, who has played in Indiana and then was going to play at IMG and then didn't, so he's still playing against Indiana competition. When he gets to like that All Star game circuit which is where Jordan Hall really blew up last year. He could see a huge rise uh, down there towards the end. Um, I think DeMello Jones could end up rising. 
Uh, what about a JJA? Yeah, I mean, he's a guy who has shot up a ton already. I mean, I think he's in the 60s overall now. And again, oh, their hospital yeah. team's not very good. The, uh, you know, again, he's, he's, yeah, that's a good call, Lance. That's a guy who could end up in five star territory when it's done, too. And, and uh, any chance on flipping Jeremiah Smith? No. I don't think so. I mean, they, no. they gave it a good shot for a while. And, you know, they did a good job of getting into it and staying in the race for a while. Um, but I think, you know, I posted this in a thread the other day. I think if he flips, which, I mean, is possible, I think it'll be to to, uh, to somewhere else, maybe Florida State. All right. Uh, question from Big Fatty 94 the top prospect you've seen in person this year? I mean, DeMello Jones was, was pretty damn good. One I saw, um, I mean, that was that was one of the more impressive single game performances I've seen out of a kid in two years doing this. I mean, Dylan Raiola was impressive against uh, North Cobb when I saw him. Uh, Nykar, Ellis Robinson. Nykar was very good. Yeah, Nykar was very good. Um, yeah, I would I'd probably say that I've seen this season so far, I would probably say uh, DeMello Jones. I've seen um I I haven't seen as much. Rayola obviously impressed in that uh in that game against St. Francis. Obviously, uh he was sacked a couple of times, but they couldn't he couldn't really help it. They were facing one of the top probably defensive lines in all of high school football in the country. Um Justice Terry just um dominated in that first half uh against Lamar County the other night when I was down there in Manchester. I think he had like five five of his six tackles, I think three of them for a loss. Um, in that first half, and then Lamar kind of took him out of the game and started running away from him and, and getting more of a push up front. But very impressive kid, too. Really, really, uh, really, really, uh, liked, uh, loved Georgia, and a lot of people around there love him going to Georgia. Uh, I haven't seen that many. I'll make you guys go everywhere, but I will say, uh, Quintavious Johnson scoring four TDs as a defensive end that's pretty. Pretty talented, <laughs> just against a good team. They actually lost that game. I was like, "What the hell?" Should be. I don't know if we have him on the visitor list, but he's also coming back again this weekend for the third visit in the last three weekends. I think it's going to be. He's going to be something. Uh, thoughts on uh, LJ McCray from uh, PA Dog Six Ten? I mean, I think Georgia is is right there. It's just a matter of does he make any more visits? Where does he go? Does he go to Georgia? Does he go to Florida? Florida State? Miami? Like, I, it's. That one is very tightly contested right now. You know, Lance, you mentioned this earlier. I think I am more confident that Georgia gets Aiden Breland than I am that Georgia gets LJ McCray right now. That's not to say they can't get both. I don't think getting one affects getting the other because they, they kind of play different positions. Um, but it's it's just it's it's too close to call right now. I don't think there is a leader, honestly. Um, but Georgia has certainly, you know, they've made up a lot of ground in not a whole lot of time. Now they've just got to seal the deal. I know they're trying hard to get him back on campus. It's just a matter of can they do it and can they fight off, you know, these in-state schools, Florida, Florida State, and Miami. I think the longer it goes, the more Florida struggles. Um, yeah. it, it goes more towards a Georgia-Miami battle than the other. Awesome. All right. Uh, next up, uh, we've got a lot of questions from DeFranklin31. We'll hit a couple of them, though. Uh, if uh, Micah Baru, how you say it? 
Makai Boro. That's why I've Mackay always Boro. said. Probably not right. I thought it was Makai. Yeah, that's what I said. Makai Boro. What I say? I said Micah. No, never mind. I don't know. All right. Anyway, if uh, if he chooses UG now, what happens to the other commit that filled his place when he chose Florida? I think they'll take both. Yeah, I think they'll take both. I mean, you need – granted, both of those are both the zero tech types, the nose guard types, but you, you need bodies along the defensive front with all that you'll be losing. You're also losing two, uh, your two nose tackles after this year. So, Yeah, uh, this is more of a current team question, but I'll pitch it to the recruiting guys because it kind of goes back to what he did in high school. Uh, has there been consideration for Kyron Jones to play running back? He certainly has the speed the backfield needs. He played running back in high school, so it would not be a stretch for him. We saw what they did with Dylan Bell. Uh They've tried a bunch of different people, but running back, Jed. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, I think you found your quote-unquote gadget running back in in Dylan Bell. Um, you know, they took Kyron Jones as a DB for a reason. You know, he was committed to NC State, as, as D. Franklin mentioned, um, as a running back. But I just think they're committed to – you know, with a guy like that where you're, you're taking him from one position, you're trying to teach him another, you don't want to take a step – you don't want to take anything away from that development, in my opinion. You want it to be all defensive back all the time. Um, so same side of the ball, same position. So I think – I don't think – there might have been cons- some minor consideration maybe, but I, I don't think it is something serious right now and will be anything serious going forward. Yeah. When when they're doing their – because I asked Kirby about who do you cross-train? You know, is it – position-wise or is it player-wise? Do you decide to cross-train this player or do you cross-train everybody in this position with another position? He said it comes down to the player and the position, but most of the time it's the player. And it's so much easier when – look look what they do in the running back. They let Brock Bowers run it. They let Makai Muse run it. They used to let James Cook run it, you know, uh, Lad McConkey. They give it to wide receivers. They'll give it to tight ends directly, and they'll throw to uh, running backs, you know. So they're a lot more inter- – interchangeable, especially in their formations. But when they're doing individual drills, you don't have to take a, a guy who's learning the position out of his spot and teach him something else completely different. All right. Uh, let's have one more here. Uh, why is CJ Smith getting a little playing time? What have you all heard? Dude's really big and can run really fast. Yeah. Um, his experience in that first game. He, you know, Kirby has mentioned uh, he's been really impressed with his blocking and its toughness. You know, he mentioned – I don't remember which game it was, but he, he catches the ball and, you know, bulls over a guy on, on a screen, picks up a first down and pops right back up. So he's yeah. just a guy that's developing in his second year. You know, he's, he's always had the size. He's always had the speed. And now he's getting – learning the offense, developing that physicality and, and becoming a more well-rounded receiver. He was a nasty blocker in that first game. Granted, you know, you should be against a team like that, but yeah. you, you got to have the want to. Hey, uh, I know there's other questions from DeFranklin31. I will go into – I'll answer those on the vault. I'll go in and answer those uh, separately instead of going through them all right now. Uh, yeah, a lot of questions. Your thoughts on the – go ahead. We wish to have both of them. But. Yeah. Uh, your thoughts on the DB from uh, – I don't know who that is. So that's Malcolm Ziegler, who is the 24 24- – DB that Georgia just offered last week, committed to North Carolina. And he's, you know, I want to say, what's his rival's profile say here? He's six, what do we got here? Six, six to 185 pounds. So he's listed as a corner. That's probably a safety offer. 
Um, yeah, talking to J.C. Zimble from our North Carolina site, he says he's a good player. Um, Adam Freeman says he's a good player. He's, he's kind of developing over the past year or so. The question is, does Georgia get him on campus? When do they get him on campus? Do they, you know, is this a kid who is is one million percent locked in with North Carolina and just reporting an offer, or is he open to taking a visit, seeing what Georgia has to offer? Um, that's the next step in this thing is getting him on campus, but. You know, we, we've said over the past few weeks, the board is going to be interesting to see what happens as as Georgia kind of identifies the defensive backs it's going to go after um, down the stretch here. And Ziegler has certainly, you know, he, he's one of the first to jump out as, hey, we're going to go after this guy. And in his case, try to flip him from North Carolina. You mentioned him earlier on. I just don't know how to say that uh, town. Fuquay. I mean, it's a school. Well, it's a town, too. Uh, I have... No earthly idea where that is. And here's, the, I mean, I'm good at some odd names. Are usually a bunch of unusual names in my family, friends, and such. But yeah, and that one, that one stopped me. I know Calumet has one here. Let me jump to that question next. Uh, so somebody call, go ahead and call up the uh, Florida. A lot of questions about Florida. So a lot of people are thinking they're done. I get it. Uh, when Florida continues to flounder in games, Calumet says, uh, who will be the most likely to want to? Get into the Georgia class. Who would Kirby and crew be willing to take? And are is Georgia full except for the one or two that get the most press? So it's a mute point. Uh, is there anybody besides uh, anybody else on there? You know, we've had this question before, but go ahead and pull up the uh, commitment list to see if there's anybody on there that Georgia yeah. really wants. I mean, they take Xavier uh, Filzemi from Texas. I don't know. You know, he has had mutual interest with Georgia. He was originally going to take an official in June didn't after he committed to Florida. Um, he would be one, although there, there hasn't really seemed to be any like traction there since, um, since, since the, the whole KJ Bolden is what you decommit. Um, I mean, looking down this list, it's like you mentioned earlier, Trent, like, okay, Florida's got some really good linebackers. What does Georgia not need more linebackers? Um, uh, Nasir Johnson is a guy, you know, defensive lineman. He visited last week, I think. Um, that yeah, could he, was, be he was there in the stands. To watch, although, you know, again, you've got the Makai Boro and, and Namdiog Boko kind of at the forefront there. Um, yeah, I mean, I none of these guys – none of these guys, you know, I, I look for guys who have had pre-existing mutual interests with Georgia or, or anything like that, and I don't see a lot of guys – a ton of people like that on their commitment list. Um, you know, Amir Jackson, the tight end from, from portal, Georgia's had some Georgia interest. Georgia need another tight end unless they want to take him as a tight end receiver hybrid, which I don't really think they do. So, you know, a Phil fills me would be the one to watch, I suppose. But again, there hasn't really, it hasn't really seemed like there's been a whole lot of traction there over the past, I guess, month or so uh, since the whole Bolden and, and, uh, and Woodyard thing. All right. Um, I do want to – last question is actually not from the board because we got all those, but I want to um, – uh, this was from uh, Larry Hogue, Jr. This was one that – Larry, it's a great question. Can you explain the criteria you use to determine stars? And I've worked at a lot of different places, and I can tell you that uh, the Rivals puts out their rankings on – if you go to the main uh, Rivals page and you look down, you'll see uh, Rivals.com football team recruiting rankings formula. 
And it also explains, you know, what do the numerical rivals rankings mean? You know, what is a, you know, five-star, four-star, three-star? And, like, within the three-star, you have a 5.5, a 5.6, and a 5.7. And the four-stars, you have 5.8, 5.9, 6.0. And the, I'll grab the um, – I'm going to grab the link here, and I'm going to stick it in the comment section so you can click on it yourself and go check it out. But I do want to point out one thing, and this is – I don't, we don't have to point this out for Georgia very much, but let's talk about three-star prospects because people say, well, he's only a three-star. And it's nails on a chalkboard when I hear only a three-star because I'm like, do you know what the hell a three-star is? A three-star prospect, this is considered to be among the region's top prospects and generally among the nation's top 800 to 850 prospects overall. So top 800 prospect out of three million high school football players. So that's pretty rare. This is a potential all-conference candidate, so all SEC. That's not too bad. And a player determined to have mid to low-end pro uh, potential and the ability to impact at the college level, i.e. low-end pro potential means somebody going in the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round. So an NFL draft pick, a three-star, and potential to be all-conference. So if your guy's a three-star and we can go down the thing, oh, well, that guy's only a three-star. It drove me crazy. So-and-so is only a three-star. I'm like, they have three-stars damn good. The vast majority are two-star or, lower, or two star or not, no stars at all. So uh, if you hear somebody's a three-star and you can make fun of other programs, well, they only got three-stars. Well, they might have a whole slew of all SEC, all Big Ten, all Big 12 players. You know, they're going to be an absolute buzzsaw. Don't, so don't crap on the three-stars. Not to say that you were, uh, Larry, I, but – it's just a – if I get the chance to get on that soapbox, I will do it because we've covered – I've been doing this 30 years, and the number of three stars that I've seen go off to the NFL – and that's the crazy thing. People give us crap about it. All the recruiting services, how he got drafted, he's a three-star. I'm like, well, he's supposed to, you idiot. That's <laughs> what the three stars mean. I mean now, if he gets drafted in the first round, yeah, we missed. We under we underranked him, you know. Uh and a five-star basically means with rivals, uh, and you saw the 2026 five-stars came out today, the first 10, or yesterday. Uh, that means we expect them to be picked in the first round. There's only going to be 30 to 34 of them because there's 32 first-round picks. And when we give a five-star ranking, that means we expect this person to be all SEC or all conference, all American, and to go in the first round. So that's kind of how it works out. So I'm off my soapbox tonight. Uh, that was that's all the questions we talked about the visitors. We had Chris Cole on there. Anything you guys want to touch on? Any any guys you're going to see uh, this coming weekend? Uh, first, I just wanted to add that I usually just give out stars like randomly. So okay, yeah. just take a number one through five and then just go from there. Um, but no, I'll be you know uh, this Friday. I'm planning on going to see Ethan Barber, who I mentioned earlier is a 2025 tight end who is committing uh, next week. It's Georgia, Alabama, Auburn. South Carolina and one more team, Ohio State maybe. Um, uh, Lance, where are you going on Friday? I've got a local game I've got to do, but I think next Friday I'm going to go to Grayson versus Newton and see Tyler Atkinson, a 26 uh, kid that everybody want. Everybody wants. He's a he's on, he's like he's like one of the top tacklers in the state right now. I read on the Georgia High School Football Daily thing, so. Um, and I think he'll be in town this weekend. I yes, and it's Trent this weekend is planning on going to see uh, Dwight Phillips, who you know in a scrimmage I went and saw early in the year. He had an ankle injury, held him out for a while. He's back playing now. 
and I'm very interested to see or hear what Trent thinks, seeing a person obviously got the speed. He's bigger than I thought. You know, the one I saw him at the scrimmage, he's probably pushing 200 pounds now. Uh, so very, uh, very interested to see how he looks on. Uh, on he have a chance to break loose a couple of times. Cause I know Denmark's 0 and 3, New, newer school. They're struggling in football. So um, I'd like to see that that's that speed break loose a couple of times. Hey, don't forget to film him. I want to see, see some clips. I want to go see that 2026 kid, uh, Carrington, out of uh, Raven Gap. Tank. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I want to see him. I mean, we got the, the rank where the rankings came out. We got him at number uh, uh, 11 in the mm-hmm. nation. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a beast playing for St. Francis that, that night that I saw him against Buford. Huge. Huge. Absolutely. Absolutely. Huge. I want to see him. All right, folks, that's all the time we have for Rumors versus Facts. We will be back to our our regular schedule next Monday at 830. We had to move it to Wednesday to accommodate Chris Cole, which, as you can see, if if you're just tuned in or you're tuned in late, go back, watch the beginning part of the show. You will absolutely love the interview with Chris Cole. He's a riot. Uh, (laughs) Very uh, interesting young man, and I I love the story behind the scenes about keeping the Georgia coaches guessing and making them tune in. Uh, to his announcement to find out where he was going. That's, that's getting rarer and rarer in this day and age. So uh, shout out to Chris Cole for uh, joining us. It means a lot to us. And thanks to all of you who joined us. And we'll see you next week. I'll take care.